Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Did you, America? Welcome to another edition of Did You America? I'm Ian Canfield. He's Jeremy Hoffman. This is season two, episode... Many. And um, I've got to tell you, uh, this episode is fueled by me having an even larger coffee than usual and Jeremy's new computer. Ah, uh, yes. The, I, well, first with your coffee... This is a shockingly large cup of coffee. Once again, another great thing about America, boys and girls, in Starbucks here, it's not on the menu, but they have a Trenta size, which is bigger than the Venti, which is the largest size you can get according to the menu. But no, if you know your way around Starbucks as well as I do, you'll know there is a Trenta size that doesn't appear on the menu. So, so that's like the McDonald's super size, like it's so fattening, they're not legally allowed to promote it. Oh, well, it depends on how you fill the uh, the Trenta cup. I mean, I, I when I was waiting at uh, Starbucks today, I was looking at uh, something on their menu, and I, I forget it, what it was it called, but it might as well be, have been a strawberry, blueberry, smoothie, fattening, pizza, burger, muffin. <laughs> that sounds delightful. Frappuccino with extra sugar i i forget what it was I mean, you didn't it, get me one it was literally it was one of those uh one of those drinks because they, they have to put the calories on the menu where they give you the grande size which isn't even the biggest that they'll serve and it was over 500 calories so if you're a wow. guy that's like a, about a quarter of your recommended daily intake in calories in that one cup anyway back to the point i was making you can get a trenta size here because we live in a proper country do you think if you went to starbucks in the uk they have Trenta size cups. No, of course not. Starbucks is not the same the world over, boys and girls. As with most things, it is better in America. So here's what I do. So I, um, you know, I like to be relatively healthy with my coffee. Plus, I don't, you know, coffee for me, I just want the kick from the caffeine. So I don't mind a little bit of flavoring in it, but I don't want it layered with crap. I want a coffee, not a milkshake. Right. You know. So. I always say to them, I want, because uh, this is a, this is an iced coffee with non-fat milk and sugar-free cinnamon dolce, right? But I say to them, give me the venti iced coffee, but put it in a Trenta cup with extra ice, because I figure if it's iced anyway, it's iced. You, you might, you might as well get the bigger cup for the less amount of money. So you don't have to pay for the bigger cup. No, because I've asked for a venti-sized drink. Right. I just want it in the Trenta do, cup. Do they fill it up? in the smaller drink and then pour it into the bigger cup yeah. or are you hoping they screw up and just give you the bigger no, amount? No, 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 no. They do it that way but and they give me just extra ice. Right, but, but okay. I, but, you know, but just the availability of ice. Again, when you come from a third world country like I do <laughs> and, and ice is rationed and when you ask for ice, some asshole gets out tongs and puts one or two cubes in. The fact that you can get any cup full of ice with liquid added afterwards, to me, that's still exciting. There's just something really intimidating about the cup and like, I, look, you drink probably more coffee than what's in that cup every day while we when we do this podcast. Mm-hmm. Generally, you have two, sometimes maybe even three very large mugs of coffee when we do this. But, you know, like when you see the truckers and they have like the 64 gallon jugs full of soda, there's something more fattening and gross about that than if you told me like, yeah, I had eight sodas today. You know, when you see it all in one giant thing, it's like, oh, you're ha- you have so much caffeine in one cup. It's like if you smoked crack right now, it would have zero effect on you. Well, that is one issue I do have with Starbucks. They've got these- That you can't smoke crack anymore? That, they won't let me smoke a crack pipe on their premises. <laughs> and two, my second issue- <laughs> My second issue is that they ration the amount of caffeine that you're allowed to have. So there's certain drinks that are more caffeine intensive on the Starbucks menu. And some of those they won't give you in a Trenta cup. That's how I discovered my trick of ordering a Venti drink in a Trenta cup. Because say you want cold brew, that's one of the ones that's just kind of 
you know, our cold coffee, right. but super strong as far, well, they claim super strong wimps uh, <laughs> as far as the caffeine's concerned. They won't serve you cold brew in a Trenta cup. So that's when I started, if I went for a cold brew, I started going, give me the venti, but I want extra ice and put it in a Trenta cup. And sometimes you'll get a new Starbucks barista and they go, I can't do that. And I go, "I first of all, the customer's always right. Secondly, could you get the manager? Like, I Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, that's very un-American of them to decide how much caffeine I can drink. You know? Well, like I said, it's bollocks. That's an English phrase, by the way. Um, that I could stand at any Starbucks right now and order the aforementioned uh, super pizza burger extra sugar frappuccino Stop with, making me hungry with, with in one cup giving me more than a quarter of my recommended daily calorie intake i could order one of those but you won't give me just caffeine in the biggest size container that you do soon enough you're gonna be like yeah i don't even have caffeine and coffee for me anymore i just get in this white powdery stuff and i snort it up my nose <laughs> That's what coffee beans are for, right? There you you've, go. You've never snorted coffee beans? <laughs> What's wrong with you? So I'm a little bit uh, hesitant with today's podcast because uh, if anyone listens to Did You America, you'll know that uh, Jeremy and I are far from the uh, the greatest uh, tech geniuses in the history of the universe. So the fact that you walked in today and went, hey, I've got a new computer. I need to get your Wi-Fi password. That alone makes me think that there's a good chance no one will ever hear this podcast. <laughs> well, luckily, I brought my old computer. We are two computers stacking right now, so we're still running the podcast on the old one. The new one just kind of sitting at me, staring me down intimidatingly. You know that you are either technically illiterate or very very old if when you get a new computer you bring your old one just in case <laughs> well it's the same thing like when i got the new car i still drove my old car i wasn't quite ready for that commitment just yet <laughs> the best part about this new computer so i actually i it's just a work computer they gave it to me for something without getting into too many details but the uh oh listen to you showing off it's just a work uh, computer. you know no big deal Tra just... translated jeremy's never had a freebie anything no, from work never. before this is crazy. so i mean he doesn't even get like free gig tickets and he works for a music radio station i pay for cups of water <laughs> but they gave you a laptop the i'm waiting for the it department from where you do your real job to call during this podcast and go hey it turns out it was for another jeremy can you bring the computer back <laughs> right i'm still kind of shocked like are you sure this is for me the best part was when the uh when the engineer was setting everything up with me he, you know, we're just kind of standing there quietly. All of a sudden, he, like, he looks at me a couple of times and he goes, you know, this camera on the thing, it has a little switch right here for privacy mode. <laughs> you know, so the camera's not watching you at all times. And all I'm thinking is this guy really thinks I'm going to use my work computer to jerk off. Yeah, he totally does. This is, I mean, I want to tell him, like, don't worry. I'm going to only use it for work. He's just protecting his future vision because all he's thinking is you're so useless with technology. He's giving you a work computer. He's from the IT department, which means it's part of his job to fix stuff when it goes wrong. You'll probably break something on it within the first week. Yeah. And during that time, you'll, of course, have jerked off to X Hamster about 10 times. You won't have realized the issue with the camera. And then the poor IT person is going to have to take your work computer try and figure out what it is that you've broken and then when he goes into it suddenly he's like oh my god there's a video of jeremy's penis <laughs> which you won't have intentionally taken a video of it will just be something that you managed to do how awesome is that though with new computer i mean i have a pretty old computer so yo i still rock the duct tape over my camera but now they just they add it in there for extra conspiracy people you slide a little button boom no camera i'm surprised your old your previous computer even has a camera on it i know right uh, so so we had a it's very, actually a typewriter. An amusing uh, moment where Jeremy needed my uh, Wi-Fi password, and I'm go. Oh, hang on a minute. Let me take you a, a t take you a photo of the my Wi-Fi box in my apartment where we record this podcast. And so it's like five attempts to try and type in my Wi-Fi password because I, you know, I have no technical ability either. So I haven't figured out how to personalize my Wi-Fi. And I get kind of Wi-Fi envy because, you know, every so often your Wi-Fi goes down and then you have to reconnect to right. it. 
when you do that and you're doing it on your phone or your laptop, you'll see the list of your neighbor's Wi-Fi. That they, you know, they and, have like cool and, names. Cool names. And I look at some of the names and I think to myself, my God, these names are so cool. Imagine how amazing their actual password would be. <laughs> I mean, just the name of their Wi-Fi is so cool. Whereas my Wi-Fi is just what, what it was set up to be originally uh, because I got the Wi-Fi installed uh, when I first moved into this apartment and the man from the cable company came when I was wasn't here so he didn't give me the option of personalizing the wi-fi yeah. and i have no idea how to do it i mean it a few times i have logged on to wi-fi seen how entertaining my neighbor's wi-fi's names are and thought is it worth changing my cable provider just so i could order new wi-fi be here when the next man comes in to install it and give myself a cool name see i lucked out i uh when we talked about on this podcast during snowmageddon i actually had to switch my cable and internet provider so when i got my new router and modem you know i figured it'd have a long confusing password on the back like my old one did but instead spectrum hooked me up instead of just giving me a random combination of letters and numbers and whatnot they gave me an actual word password no i don't care if anyone hacks my system it's internet but so they gave me the password square puppy and then some numbers how are you going to forget Square Puppy? You, your password, it had a percentage sign in there. It had a plus sign in there. It wasn't just capital letters and numbers. Even, you don't even know where those keys are no, on the keyboard. No, I typed it in wrong four times. <laughs> hey, in other big local news announced today, the Rolling Stones are coming to play Deep Ellum about one mile from this apartment. Wow. Now, you know I'm all about comfort and convenience. This is like the best news. This is basically we're going to be tailgating on your balcony. We'll set up chairs. No, you're not welcome to do any of that. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, like, no, I, like I said, I like comfort and convenience. There's nothing comfortable about having you tailgate on my balcony. I'm so comfortable. <laughs> I'm basically a giant body pillow. I uh, A hairy one, but... So... Uh, the Rolling Stones and I have got a history because um, for all of the things that I ridicule my dad for on this podcast, one of the best things that he ever did was give my sister and I the best answer to the question that comes up regularly during your life. What was your first ever gig? Because when uh, I was 11 and my sister would have been eight at the time, uh, my uh, dad and my mom took us to the Rolling Stones at Wembley Stadium. That's right? pretty that, awesome. That's a great first gig. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my first ever show uh, was Rolling Stones on uh, the Steel Wheels tour. And, um, you know, obviously since then I've been to, I don't know how many gigs ended up working in radio and in the music business and Four. love going to uh, love going to shows. Um, and I also love the Rolling Stones. But because they were, I should say back then, so this is like 1990, my dad uh, wanted to go to that Stone show because back then in 1990, people were going, oh, this will be the last time. They won't do any more tours beyond this. There won't be any more Rolling Stones beyond 1990. Um, and so since then, every time the Stones have done a tour and they've played somewhere local to where I live, be it London or Phoenix or New York, I've always made an effort to get tickets to the show because I've always had this, oh, this could be the last time. This could be the last time. And, I, and I've had a great hit rate of I've never missed a tour if the tour came to where I was living at the time. Okay, right? pretty impressive. But the tour has never come to one mile down the road that's pretty convenient i mean imagine if you were still drinking that would be the greatest concert you ever went no worried about calves don't have to worry about drinking and driving you're literally gonna walk there be like hey keith let's shoot up some heroin (laughs) (laughs) actually i take that back knowing you there's no way you're walking a mile and a half you'll still probably uber there well i so the last time the i saw the stones i was when i was living in arizona and they um by the way can i just say that this is actually good luck the the location of this uh, texas show because i think these are rescheduled dates because they had to they had to change the dates because of uh, covid so i think last time the dallas show was announced it was going to be at jerry world right right which i know 
to most people would be uh, the, the the preferred venue because what it's like ten years old Jerry World. It's got the retractable roof. It's the the d- greatest stadium in the history of the world. And I'm not denying that. Meanwhile, at the Carton Bowl, they're going to play something that was probably built in Roman times and is probably more crumbly than the Rolling Stones themselves. It's an okay stadium, but it's definitely not the crown jewel of Dallas. No, 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 no. But you know why it works? I'm thinking. Well, a for me, it's a mile down the road, and probably for Mick Jagger, he probably gets more money if he plays the older one than Jerry World, right? right? Yeah, yeah, it's a little, it costs a little different. (laughs) I actually agree with you, though. You know, most people would say like, oh, if you're going to see the Stones, you want to see them in Jerry World. I told this story on the podcast previously. When I saw the Rolling Stones a few years back, it was at Jerry World. And the issue with Jerry World, AT&T Stadium, for those that don't know, is they sell these margaritas that come in about a two-foot tube and it's all just sugar and alcohol, but it's delicious. So you drink the whole thing and you're like, oh, I could do three more of those. Uh, so when you have four of those before Start Me Up even comes on, <laughs> all of a sudden you're not even a quarter of the way through the show and you're ready to puke. And your girlfriend who you're with at the time is actually puking. So we had to leave not even halfway through the show, in which case I then, you know, we were obviously Ubering back, but I still had to like get stuff from my car and whatnot searching for my car while carrying my ex-girlfriend circled AT&T Stadium, which is one of the biggest stadiums in the world, three times before realizing that my car was parked maybe five feet from where we exited the stadium. (laughs) So trust me, you're in better hands being at the Cotton Bowl a mile and a half away from your apartment. So here's my question. The... uh the last time I went to see the Stones was in Arizona when I was living there um, a couple of years ago. This is kind of a brag. Here we go. I traveled to the venue in the Rolling Stones police escort. Wow. How did that happen? <laughs> Where you just like happened to be behind them and you're like, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> so uh, a friend of mine has been the Rolling Stones PR for, for many, many years. He's real like old school music business PR. I mean, it, 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 like to, he says like, nah, I see a lot. Well, but I, this is how I always explain it. He's done the Rolling Stones PR since the 80s. So that kind of gives you a position of power. You've been the PR for one of the biggest bands for like four decades. Oh yeah, he but, definitely says, nah, I see a this is this is how I explain how powerful he is in the music business. This man had Tina Turner sing at his wedding. Oh wow, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty right. impressive. I mean, he dates back to an era when the music industry was so much more fun than yeah, it is that's, these days. That's pretty cool. So he was uh, he he was coming over for the shows because there was uh, they were you know they were doing some PR and he said oh you know I'll see you in Arizona and you know I'll get you the tickets and everything. So I was very grateful for that. And then about a day before the show, he calls me and he goes, hey. Do you want to go to the venue in the Rolling Stones police escort? And I was like, fuck yeah. Despite the fact that it meant I had to go to the Rolling Stones hotel, which was literally about going 40 miles out of my way from where I lived in comparison to where their hotel was and when the actual where the actual venue oh, was. Totally worth but, it. But, oh, you could totally worth yeah. it. So the Rolling Stones police escort is the coolest thing ever because it's their touring operation is such a, a big thing. I mean, it's 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 just they tour on a scale that no other band can and this is what you know they charge so much money for the tickets this is where uh, you know a chunk of the change goes so the Rolling Stones themselves don't travel together. They have like a luxury car each that's the first four cars of the of the escort, right? Who's and, first in line? You know what? I didn't see that because the windows are all blacked okay. out, so you so you can't tell. But basically, there's like four cars for each member of the Stones, right? And then there's like the friends and family luxury bus that goes behind them, which is like right. where, where, what, what I was on and the only my only regret from it was that uh, I because I, I, you're listening to people's conversations and like the, the PR says to me I get you on the friends and family bus he goes obviously you know how to behave responsibly around people he goes the only thing I would say is you might hear some conversations I don't know what they might be like but you might hear some privileged conversations from you know from actual family you'll know the stuff that might be entertaining but cannot be on the radio and I was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. But I they get can't it. be on this podcast. <laughs> the only thing, the only thing that was slightly disappointing was uh, so we get on the bus, and um, 
So I'm like, so I go with one of my friends. I'm like, you need to shut up. We need to listen for the family conversation. Because <laughs> right. right? yeah. I was like, because I've already been warned that I can't talk about it on the radio. I won't breach that trust. But the fact that's been flagged up in advance suggests to me that there's probably some fucking good chat on this bus. It means right? you're about to find out which Rolling Stones <laughs> member is gay. <laughs> Um, so we're on anyway. We're on the bus, and um, and there, there was there was some family chat going on, but there there was nothing that was uh, nothing that, that was controversial. But I did I, I did figure out that we were on the bus with part of the Jagger family. But I was just thinking, like, and I'm looking at the and I'm like, well, it's not Jade Jagger because I th- and I'm thinking of I'm like the thing is. That fucking, he can't keep his dick in his pants. There's so many of them. Like, I don't know. So, because I felt like there were other parts of the, the, the family that might have been a little bit more entertaining for the bus ride. And right. I was very grateful to be in the police escort. But, like, I feel, you know, like, Jagger's family, his immediate family is so big at this point that even if you're with two of his actual kids, for his family, it's like another person's equivalent of like their 53rd cousin twice removed, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw a headline the other day. It was like, Mick Jagger. Jagger hugging his son and like the way they framed the story wasn't that it was like oh a rare photo of his son it was like no it's rare you will never see Mick Jagger hug his kid <laughs> yeah Mick Jagger's going which one were you right exactly <laughs> wait I have an infant son <laughs> but I'm it, like 90 but it, well I mean I tell you what there's something in the Rolling Stone sperm because Jagger has kept knocking them out until quite recently, right? And Ronnie Wood... He has a young kid too, right? He had twins. Oh, my God. Twins, like... I want to say within the last five years. Yeah. And look at Ronnie Wood. Do you think that man could even get it up? Let alone like get it up and stick it in for long enough to have twins? I was so confused because there was a, again, like there was a story about him the other day and the photo they used on the story was him and his young wife like holding two young kids. I was like, this has to be from the early 90s. It wasn't. It was from this year. No, no, no. He definitely had twins like quite recently. So, you know, uh, drink and drugs are good for your kids. Gives you super sperm. You would the, think I'd have multiple kids running around at this point. Is the uh, is the lesson I take from that? But the, the, anyway, so apart from the uh, the slight disappointment after being built up to hear the most controversial chat on the bus, the Rolling Stones police escort is just the best thing. So you get on the bus and then you've got the four luxury cars with uh, tinted windows in front of you, nice. and then literally like the cops appear from nowhere. And this must be kind of shocking to Keith because there would have been several decades where if you saw that many. Cops You'd be like, oh my god, it's a bust! Right. But now they're making sure that you get to your venue safely. I mean, that's a nice And your drugs. The drugs are still there. (laughs) Well, clearly the cops are carrying the drugs on the back of their bikes. That's (laughs) that's how they make sure that the deliveries get to the venue on time. So yeah, literally, like the the cop lights uh, go up, and then the cars go off, and then the bus follows. And uh, as I said, their hotel, lovely luxury hotel, but way, 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 way out of the way. So it was a very long drive in what would have been uh, Arizona rush hour to the venue, but we're fine. We're like hurtling down the freeway because I'm with the fucking Rolling Stones and the cops. So literally like everyone's pulling over and it was just, and, and then they arrive at the venue and then like we go in a side entrance and, and then you go in and they've got this, um, they have, they call it the world's greatest traveling restaurant, right? So they have catering. Most bands catering right. is like what school dinners used to be like. Even <laughs> if you're a big band, that's what catering is like. Nothing great. The Rolling Stones, they take over an area which is probably bigger than most bands play their actual shows in. And it's literally like, I, when I went to their backstage catering, the way I describe it is it's like you went to a food show in an arena where different food brands are showing off, or maybe it would be like some sort of kitchen appliance shows. Like, these happen in the UK. I don't know if yeah, they yeah, happen in, sure. in the United States. Because that's literally what it's like. And it's all of these waiters walking around with food on trays. Wow. And how many people are there eating? Like 50? No, it's probably like... A hundred, okay. maybe a hundred. So they pack uh, that uh, bus. hundred and fifty. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, 
excuse me, some of the people that get get invited to the backstage catering, they don't get on the bus. No, no, oh, no, no. This no, seemed no, like no, this no. was a bus exclusive no, thing. No, no, no. The bus is exclusive. This is like next level. The, 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 the backstage under. catering is exclusive. The bus is exclusive, exclusive. Okay, okay. Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's there's, like the penthouse penthouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's also a whole load of... Um, different levels of passes for the Rolling Stones. So if you're like a guest that they want to make feel special, they'll give you a VIP pass and you'll go into what you think is the VIP area. The backstage catering that I went to is literally on the other side of the stadium. Like that's the VVIP area. For you, they don't even give you a pass. You just have to get a chest tattoo of Mick Jagger's face. (laughs) But it is the... um, it's just a great experience. So, I mean, I feel like I've been to a show before I've even seen the show because the police escort in, followed by the catering. The ca- I would, if you told me I could eat for free at that catering, I would, I would travel to the arena just for dinner. Like that's how good it is. You had me at eat. So I'm thinking, and that was, you know, a great experience in Arizona. And I've already been promised a pair of really good tickets for the show at the Cotton Bowl. Would it be rude of me to go back to the PR on WhatsApp and go, please escort? Like, <laughs> For a mile and a half? They just have to pick you up on the way. Like, well, I was just about to say, I was going to go, and if he goes, yeah, I'll try and get you in the f- friends and family bus, I go, PPS, where's their hotel? And if it's like out of the way, I'll be like, PPPS, you think you could pick me up on the way? Like, I just like, just I, you know, maybe. I can. Uh, how, how much? How much pushing my luck is too much pushing my luck? I think what's going to be really interesting is the fact that you know, like you said, you've now seen the show countless times in your many years of going to rock concerts, and you know, I'm sure you've seen the show that they're going to put on when they come here to Dallas plenty of times. But the one thing you've only experienced the one time is the police escort with the Rolling Stones meal before the concert. And now, if you don't get that, you're probably going to be like, this concert sucks. I'm never seeing them again. Worst band of all time. (laughs) In which case, you're going to wish that you went and watched the concert on your balcony here with me comfortably. You're not tailgating on my balcony. I told you that. Um, that, That's not not happening. You're not going to be here. What does it matter to you? That worries me even more, that I would leave you alone in the apartment to tailgate on my my balcony. Well, 15 of my shadiest friends, miscellaneous (laughs) drugs and alcohol. I thought you were about to say, it's just going to be me, about 12, 15-year-olds. Oh, God. Don't like, put that on me, sir. Bill Wyman's not in the band anymore. <laughs> um. Yeah, he's going to be here with me on the balcony. Oh, oh, right. All right, all right. I think we might have said too much. You might have, Party co- over. You might have cost me my tickets, let alone the police escort. Maybe uh, even your job. All right, we need to uh, talk about uh, penis-shaped rockets because everyone else has been talking about penis-shaped rockets. And um, does anyone care? The Olympics is beginning on Friday. Uh, that's tomorrow for any of you listening in real time. And um, Giannis, as we say his last name. Enter the Kumpo. We're just going to do a bit on him because Jeremy is literally the only person, including people I know who are professionally paid to work in sports, who can say... Enter the Kumpo. Yes, that's coming up in part two. All right, let's do uh, part two of Did You America? A quick reminder of Song of the Week. You can vote at the poll on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter. Or go to the website, didyouamerica.com. This week, unsurprisingly, I have gone with the new Iron Maiden song, The Writing on the Wall. I went with The Way That I Do by Duran Jones and The Indication. New York producer likes Give Me the Future by Bastille. So Give Me the Future by Bastille, The Way That I Do by Duran Jones and The Indication or The Writing on the Wall by Iron Maiden. Uh, (laughs) You can vote for Song of the Week, uh, didyouamerica.com, or you can go to the poll on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter. Also, if you want to talk to us uh, via the website or social media, you can reach out on any of those forums, including Canfield Off the Radio on Instagram, all right? They're the places to get in touch with us, didyouamerica.com. Ian Camfield on Twitter or Camfield off the radio on Instagram. Just uh, followed up uh, while we were getting ready for part two 
off the back of our uh, Rolling Stones chat. I introduced uh, Jeremy to the solo work of former Rolling Stone Bill Wyman. My new favorite song. It really is. I, uh, You know, England's got a thing about novelty records. I, I don't believe America ever had an appetite for this. Every, every so often, it's not a lot, but every few years, England adopts a really shit song that is like knowingly bad or just some sort of comedic song like a, a someone of a tv show tries to do a funny song that's not that funny and england will get into it and you know buy it or download or stream enough of it to send it up the charts and um back in the early 80s bill wyman had a big hit in the uk with a song that i don't believe charted in the u.s called je suis Rockstar," which <laughs> I, I just played uh, jeremy uh and I, it's I, as creepy as it sounds well Yes, I mean, it it came out a few years before the Bill Wyman, Mandy Smith stories became such public knowledge. But Jusuian Rockstar is basically the story. By the way, translated Jusuian Rockstar means I am a rock star. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it's called CC, CC, Jusuian Rockstar. Jeremy was so taken with this song, he did a deep dive on Wikipedia on the solo work of Bill Wyman. Yeah, you know what the best part about that song is? Like you said, it definitely didn't chart in America, but like, We've had our own run of, you know, popular novelty songs right. in America. It was like Disco Duck or Who Let the Dogs Out. Right. But yeah, even yeah, yeah. America was like, no, no, no. Bill Wyman, that is way too creepy. He's, uh, so he's, 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 well, to say singing is incorrect. He's no. basically talking like Bill Wyman talks, which is a bit like this, but it sounds more ridiculous because he's talking like this, but also throwing in a bit of French because the song's <laughs> called Je suis and Rocks star and the thing about the song is i might just do the rest of part two as bill wyman do it please the thing about the song is there's no kids here it came, <laughs> it came out a few years before bill wyman and mandy smith was uh, you know very controversial runner news headlines but the song itself is basically about bill wyman finding a girl who's much younger than he is and taking her away to france basically by convincing her that he's a rock star. Because I think actually, even in the 80s, if you looked at Bill Wyman then, he looked so unlike a rock star. Like that yeah. was his, no, I am a rock star. Right? You're, you're going to get an email halfway through this. I was like, yeah, you know, the mics worked in this episode, but for some reason, halfway through, you started sounding like you were talking in a Cockney accent. It was weird. You might want to check that out. <laughs> but the, uh, So the funny thing about Shisui and Rockstar is it's, so it's the story of an older rock star uh, basically pulling a, a younger girl and then, convincing her that he is a rock star hence the title Je suis un rock star CC isn't that what every rock song's about though realistically no, but you say, well yes but then this one is about the fact that he takes her away to France because you know the, the laws are different in Europe <laughs> <laughs> And, well, I mean, you, you, you say that I might be uh, maybe exaggerating the storyline of Shisui and Rockstar, but bearing in mind the whole Bill Wyman, Mandy Smith story that broke a few years later, there is a line in Shisui and Rockstar where Bill Wyman says, well, we'll take an overcraft across the water. They'll think I'm your dad and you're my daughter. See, there it was in plain <laughs> oh my sight. God. I'm starting to think that Bill Wyman was the uh, reason for the movie Taken. <laughs> like you said, Europe just runs differently. Let's go to France. 13's legal now. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Bill Wyman, like, in a Rolling Stones meeting, like, put the song forward and Mick went, nah, nah you're all right, Bill, you can have that for your solo career. <laughs> it's like, I've got undercover of the night, it's all right. right. There's enough songs about 17-year-olds, we don't need one about 13-year-olds. The only thing with Je suis and Rockstar is, I think, like, because because part of it is in French, hence the title, Je suis and Rockstar, maybe people think that that makes, that the, the use of the French language makes it sound slightly more sophisticated and also it's got this kind of faux reggae almost disco beat underneath Bill Wyman talking like this rather than singing and I I feel like the combination of the faux reggae disco beat this type of voice 
speaking partly in French makes it seem slightly less sleazy than that Benny Madonna song. <laughs> but, 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 but actually, if you look at the words and the subject matter, not so much. The song was so creepy, no, no one bothered to translate the French, and really it's like, I'm going to take your daughter. <laughs> They'll think I'm your dad and you're my daughter. That's an actual never, line. Right, never mind. That part's in English. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, um, you know, every so often when he's in the same town that they are, Bill Wyman like gets up and does a song with the Stones, and there's always the bit in the middle of the set where. Uh, uh, Mick introduces the band and he always says like and now on guitar and lead vocals Keith Richards and everyone goes to the bar because you know right, Keith's, yeah, Keith, yeah. Keith's going to do two songs I think just to mix it up a bit I would love like before they retire or die whatever comes first uh, the next show that Bill Wyman comes up to he doesn't just come up to play bass on like Jumping Jack Flash you go and now because we're so fucking old and we need more of a break than just Keith singing two songs is Bill Wyman with just we in Rockstar. Perfect song for a diaper change. <laughs> I'm just going to go backstage and make sure my kids are all right because Bill's here. <laughs> Let me hug my eight-year-old for the first time. <laughs> all right. Hey, Jeff Bezos has uh, given us uh, today's uh, segment of Cock Talk. It's like he knew we hadn't Cock Talked in a few days. Yeah, I feel like he, he probably did. And um, so when Richard Branson went up to space, I was uh, to continue the French theme of today's show, very nonchalant. When Richard Branson went up to space, I was very nonchalant. Because everyone was over 18. This is going to be the most confusing <laughs> podcast yet. I like the idea of just doing part two in the character of Bill Wyman. I say you do it. <laughs> um, do I get to still be Jeremy? I don't know how good you're... Yeah, 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 yeah. I will be a cat version of Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was uh, I was pretty nonchalant about the uh, Richard Branson kind of like going up into space. But um, then Jeff Bezos went up in his giant dick and suddenly... <laughs> Suddenly, your, your interest couldn't be stronger. Oh, yeah. It's like he did this whole thing purposely trying to make a new Austin Powers movie. 100%. And I feel like he did it partly for us. I mean, he launched it from Texas, right? <laughs> he's he like, took, oh, they're going to love this on Did You America. Yeah, he's like, I really want to tap into that Did You America market, right? <laughs> Out of all of the success that I've got, all of the billions that Amazon's made me, the fact that I bought a mountain to stick a clock in the side of it and all that stuff, I, what, what I really want to do is to tap into that Did You America podcast. So I'm going to launch it from Texas and I'm going to take an old lady from grapevine <laughs> do you think like when they were designing the rocket he just like dick picked the crew by accident and they're like all right i guess this is what he wants us to build no you see i think that he knew that he was gonna get into a space race with richard branson which by the way yesterday jeff bezos denied that actually there was a uh, you know a dick swinging competition yeah going i'd on, say it's more of a douche off well a douche off dick swinging whatever you want to call it it definitely is going on between the two of them and i think jeff bezos uh caught wind of what branson was intending to do and i think that Jeff Bezos heard about those plans and thought, all right, well, Branson's going to, he wants to beat me into going into space and he's going to go up there and he's going to take it all very seriously and he's going to go up in a spaceship that looks like a spaceship. I am going to get the people to go with me be like the cast of a sitcom. Because did you notice that? Like, they were so, like, you took an old woman, you took a rich kid whose dad paid for him to go. Right. Like, it, it, so on the Branson rocket, it was just about Branson going up into space. Jeff Bezos, if you were going to storyboard uh, a sitcom that goes to space... The, the, That's the, the crew. That would be the crew. Oh, and so, the crazy brother. Yeah, so he did that and then, uh, you know, and said, oh, by the way, make it look like a giant penis, right? <laughs> and, and I think what, we're, what we've... Just in case Elon Musk tries to get involved. <laughs> what, we've, what we've basically dealt with here, right, is that the Bezos-Branson rivalry for space, right, 
I see it as being a bit like the rivalry between Hulu and Netflix for the Fire Festival documentary. Do you right, that, yeah, right? yeah. So do you remember that Hulu came out with the documentary first? They're the Branson equivalent because that was kind of okay. But then Netflix, although they didn't do it first, their Firefest documentary was the one that had the detail about the gay guy who said that he would suck dick to get bottled water brought right. to the Fire Festival. The better one. That was the better yeah. one. Jeff Bezos, giant dick in space, is the space version of the gay guy from the Firefest going, oh no, I'd suck dick to get bottled water onto the <laughs> island, right? And so Jeff Bezos, although second to go up there, is kind of the overall winner. Like he made a show of it. I just want to know, like, it's kind of weird because you would think Bezos has gone up, Branson has gone up, that Musk would want to get involved. But instead, he's just kind of like sitting back and being quiet. Like, you you haven't even heard him say something like, oh, it's not even real space. He's probably legitimately scared. You know what would have been crazy? And it's going to be a little bit fucked up. But what if one of those rockets blew up? How would that that would have been the wildest news story? Everyone would have been like, What an idiot! You spent billions of dollars to kill yourself. Why would you ever do that? Stay here on Earth. I was kind of disappointed when they both landed without issue. Yeah, well, you like know, at least, like maybe break your arm or something. Well, you know, uh, one thing I did think of, and I think the only reason why this hasn't been spoken about more widely is because all of the fucking liberals are going like, Oh, but what about paying tax? By the way, before we get onto my conspiracy theory, Can I just say, I'd like to retract a comment that I made a couple of episodes ago. So you know how every so often I like to point out on this podcast that although some of the listeners, just some of them, might think that my politics are very slightly right of center, I do actually have some liberal views. Right. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I believe you got some liberal views. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. He's a super liberal guy, super liberal guy. So I... um. And I said on this podcast a couple of weeks ago when it was just about Branson, about how uh, maybe he wasn't, you know, taking the uh, the temperature of the room to speak in a metaphor in terms of being a billionaire going up into space when other stuff was uh, was happening. And I was kind of on that side. And then Bezos went up, and I can't remember who it was, but it was some politician when I was watching CNN who was on there going like, oh, my God, tax, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, you fucking asshole, you're a politician. You make the tax code. Jeff Bezos just gets out of paying tax because he's made so much money, a self-made billionaire, that he can hire lawyers that make sure that he only pays the amount of tax that he has to, as per your tax code, therefore staying fully within the law. And this kind of anti-Bezos Amazon montage on CNN has convinced me to retract everything I said about not taking the temperature of what everyone thought. Fucking go up there into space and show off your dark giant dick. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. I mean, I think it's definitely not the best look in the world when the biggest companies in the country pay zero dollars in taxes. But what people always conveniently leave out in the argument is that, you know, the reason why they don't have to pay anything in taxes because they are benefiting the country in other ways. Everyone, you know, every single person benefited from Amazon. Yes, every single person in the country uses Amazon. He even said it when he landed. He was like, "Thank you guys, you paid for this rocket." We're all like, "Oh, thanks, asshole." It, right. You know, like I didn't want to hear it that way. But yeah, we always. That's I think if anything. This goes back to my point when we were talking about Branson. Branson should be paying crazy taxes because none of his billion-dollar industries we use at all. They're all just kind of there. So, um, so yeah. So uh, Space. I'm going to come up with one other liberal belief that I've got by the end of the podcast because I had that one and right, now, now, it's gone. now it's gone. I just think it's, uh, you know, I, I've talked about on this podcast before. I don't necessarily believe in aliens. I think if aliens were real, we probably would have seen them by now or like they would have taken over us. Or if there is life forms on other planets, like they're probably we're probably the superior beings. But if there were aliens and they were watching us, we've now sent two things up into space for them to view. One of them was a Tesla constantly playing David Bowie, and the other one was a giant penis. Mm. If we ever get taken over by aliens, those are going to be the wildest aliens ever. They're going to be coming down playing Starman while shooting penis rockets at us. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. So... This is my my conspiracy theory, right? And I think the only reason why this hasn't been spoken 
spoken about more so is because uh, apart from everyone was like, oh, giant penis. And then and then underneath that, the second thing was like, oh, the men attacked. No, 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 no. And there's been so much, uh, you know, fucking liberals taking up too much airtime discussing tax. They haven't got down to the uh, the bare basics of the conspiracy theory. You say that you were in a, you know, quite unkind way, slightly disappointed, basically, that no one died. Um, I'm saying, right, have we really investigated fully that it actually happened. I mean, they could have faked it. Are you already going on the moon landing didn't really happen? You, you know, you know that when it comes to sci-fi stuff, I just don't get down with it. I can't, I mean, like Star Wars, Star Trek, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know the one thing I remember about Guardians of the Galaxy? The one I went to see at the movie theater finished with Surrender by Cheap Trick when the credits rolled and I thought that bit was fucking great. <laughs> I don't remember anything else. I do surrender to this wonderful movie. <laughs> I went and I, I remember that there were a bunch of references to Knight Rider, which was great. And two hours later, the credits rolled and it went, wow, Wow, wow. And I'm like, fucking surrender by Cheap Trick. <laughs> great and film, my other great half film. of the time was like, that's what you're taking away from this? I'm like, yeah. yeah. Um, you forgot your point, didn't you? No, I know what my point is. But the one time I really embrace kind of sci-fi always goes back to O.J. Simpson's best movie, Capricorn 1, about the <laughs> fake moon landings, right? Why is no one... Capricorn wanting this as a conspiracy theory. No one said. Why is OJ not being on Twitter from the golf course claiming it didn't didn't happen? He goes, you know, because before I cut off someone's head, I made a movie about this. I'm I'm with you because if either Branson or Bezos went up there, the first thing they would have inevitably said when they come da- came down was, "You guys won't believe it. The Earth is actually flat." <laughs> But instead, they came down and were like, the curvature was so beautiful. Bullshit. So, yeah, there is no uh, no one's no one's looking into that, that the whole thing could have been fake. At what point, now that we're sending you know, you know, rich people to space, uh, I was just going to ask, when are we sending OJ to space? Yeah. That's the movie I want to see. Capricorn 2. <laughs> <laughs> well... OJ's next movie is going to be the Netflix stand-up live that he's doing with Bill Cosby. We've, we've covered, we covered that <laughs> right, on, right, a, on right. a previous episode. With the soundtrack by Marilyn Manson. In that, uh, <laughs> you know, in Capricorn 1, he gets stranded in the desert because that's where they make out all that they film it all to make out the moon landings happened in a, like a secret film studio and then he right. escapes and um, and he needs some liquid because he's in the middle of the heat and he's trying to get somewhere to basically, you know, tell everyone what's going on. So there's a bit where he, uh, he basically drinks the blood of a snake in the middle of the desert to keep him going. If only it was only the snake's head that he called. Oh my god! Have we what? not done that joke I'm before? Not, no, that's a great joke. <laughs> oh, oh, Jay. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So, uh, and the woman from Grapevine. I mean, again, I, I didn't j- want her to die. No, I wanted like the 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 rocket to explode, but as it explodes, you see like one giant parachute get shot on. Like randomly, it's her, <laughs> and she's just like holding Bezos's severed head. Like I did it on purpose. <laughs> well, I'm there all for it. And I, again, I think my um, you know my my now cancelled liberal view. Um, I'm the only one who cancels liberal views. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a, a thing I've realized about myself. You're just now realizing this? <laughs> um, I think, again, it was like my dislike of sci-fi. When Branson went up, it was like sci-fi. I felt like I was watching Jean-Luc Picard and it was going to be all, all fucking spacey. When Bezos went up and turned it into sitcom, like he basically, you know, turned it into the Flintstones in space or whatever. <laughs> then suddenly His feet was, were outside yeah, the yeah, rocket. Yeah, literally, suddenly it was entertaining. They weren't his feet, they were the balls beneath <laughs> the penis. I just like he, uh, you know... That's a good point, because when Branson went up, it was like a rocket ship going to space. And for some reason with Bezos, it it kind of seemed like plane takeoff-like, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he, penis takeoff. Yeah, but exactly. He made, uh, he, he made an event out of it. So so now... Usually penises exploding is a good thing, but I guess in that case it would have been bad. <laughs> oh, God, these are the jokes, folks. But it's... <laughs> All right, before we go, um, let's quickly touch upon the Olympics. Um, the Olympics are starting tomorrow. 
Do people care about the Olympics in the greatest country on earth, Jeremy? Um, I mean, we do when Americans are winning. And I think, you know, like most Olympics, we'll probably come out on top. I don't know. I think these Olympics are a little weird because, you know, they were delayed a year and there's no fans there. And a bunch of the athletes, a bunch of big name athletes have backed out of it. And some, you know, because they failed a COVID test, didn't get to go. Now, all of a sudden, it looks like the USA basketball team isn't going to dominate. But I think once the games start... And you go to you know Google or Yahoo or one of these home, basic internet homepages, and they have the tracker that tells you which countries are leading, and they see America number one. Everyone's gonna be like, "I loved it from the start." Do we do we need uh, extracurricular entertainment like last Olympics with Ryan Lochte? Remember, 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 <laughs> oh, remember, I forgot do, about that. Do you remember Ryan Lochte? He was the right. Pro- who's going to make Americans look like an idiot this he year? Was, Ryan Lochte was the prototype Jesse Smollett, and um, <laughs> and, uh, and and I feel like uh, it kind of provided. Uh, it was the, like for people that really couldn't give a shit about any kind of sport, it made them interested in the Olympics. Do we need that sort of second rung level th- of what? doofus entertainment? I think so because you actually sent me a story earlier. I was talking about like the sports that people are least uh, excited to see. And number one was swimming. And I was a little bit confused because like, you know, for years in the summer Olympics, swimming is where, you know, America, our bread was buttered. You know, you had mm. Michael Phelps, you had Ryan Lochte. Uh, I forget the girls, I think Katie Ledecky, maybe yeah, she's yeah, a big time yeah. Olympian. She's still in it this year. But now that we don't have that dominant star or the big idiot to make a fool of himself apparently no one cares about swimming anymore uh people are also not interested in handball what's handball i don't know that doesn't sound i'm not interested in handball you know what i am interested in handball just like on a beach where you just like got an inflatable and you're knocking it over (laughs) i'm I'm assuming it's it's like I would guess it's like soccer with your hand. Like you're just running around trying to throw a ball into a net. Ping pong is now in the Olympics. Okay, that's just dumb. People aren't interested in that either. No. Okay, one that made the list though that I was surprised about. Apparently people aren't excited for beach volleyball. Beach volleyball is the international sport of drunks and pervs. And there is not one single American who is not one and or the other of that. Yeah, well, and also I, um, I don't understand how... So the big opening ceremony is tomorrow, but yet if you're the women's U.S. soccer team, you've already started. I mean, yeah, they do that every 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 Olympics though, where they start like before sexist, the actual start. Sexist. <laughs> like, get the women going first. No one cares about I them. I mean, as if they're ever gonna be able to get paid the same as the men if you start them in the Olympics before the Olympics are started. Right. Do it like the men, to where you finish after the closing ceremonies. <laughs> the the women's U.S. soccer, they're like for the Olympics what the heavy metal category is in the Grammys like it's there <laughs> right. but it never actually gets no, any they coverage they don't televise it <laughs> I got uh, one other thing I'd like to uh, add regarding the Olympics um, I went onto my YouTube TV this week and they gave me an option of which time zone I would like to watch the Olympics in which I find quite baffling because surely... Uh, maybe Can they, they not tell what time zone you're currently in? Well, I think it's because... Uh, I, what's the time difference between here and where the Olympics is happening? Like, it's about 10... Japan? 20, yeah, about 10, 12 hours. I don't right? know. Apparently, they're not on Texas time. So, I'm, I'm guessing that... Uh, maybe this speaks to people's lack of interest in the Olympics because ordinarily the only time people want to watch TV live in real time is if it's a sporting event. But maybe they're thinking that people don't oh, don't care about the Olympics so much that they want to watch it in real time. But maybe they could get more ratings for it if they offered to, if you like, tape delay it. Because that must be what what the thing is. Like, for example, you want to watch the swimming. It's going to happen, at, I don't know, 3 o'clock in the morning, our time. But YouTube TV will give me the option to, I'm guessing when it says what time zone do you want to watch it in, convert it to your local time to have it on at a more reasonable time. My point about this is, and I might be misunderstanding the question, but it's literally said what time zone do you want to watch the Olympics in, right? 
I don't think anything that I've just explained makes any sense as to why it would be more advantageous for someone to take advantage of this. So YouTube TV, if you're listening, you give me the option of what time I want to watch the Olympics in, but you can't give me the Hallmark Channel. The only time I ever changed up my schedule to watch something, I'm guessing that's what they're doing. They're assuming that people are good. Like, let's say I'm from Russia. But I live in America, so I want to watch all the Russian sports. You know, like, I'm going to now change my schedule to be on Russia time right. so I can watch theirs primetime when it's primetime. But why would you ever do it? The only example I could ever think of of me doing this is at the start of quarantine when there was absolutely no sports and it was extremely boring and I needed to gamble on something. I would wake up at two in the morning to watch Korean baseball. <laughs> but that was solely so I could gamble. That wasn't for like national pride. I'm not Korean. Right. I don't think. Right. It was just because you got a gambling Kim Jong problem. Jeremy. I mean, it's like uh, some people wake up at 2 a.m. because they need a drink. You wake up at 2 a.m. because you need to place I need a, a place bet. bet. You right. really, really, really do have a, a problem in that regard. So, yeah, I, I don't, they seriously gave me that option. And I was like... You can do this, but you starve me of six hours a day of Golden Girls and reruns of the original Magnum, which every self-respecting gay should be able to watch. I can't get them <laughs> on the Hallmark Channel, but you could show me the fucking Russian pole vault at a p.m. afternoon time convenient to me. Shenanigans. Ugh. All right, before we go, uh, let's just do one more thing. We have to say congratulations to the NBA winner, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and the Milwaukee Bucks. It wasn't just him. It was mostly him, right. but... He's like the new superstar athlete, right? Everyone likes a bit of Giannis. Yeah, I mean, Giannis has a really cool story because, you know, when he was drafted, he was kind of a nobody. No one knew who he was. He's from uh, Greece, Greece, and there's right. old videos of him playing in, like, a gym... Versus guys who look like me. So there wasn't, you know, no one really knew how good he could potentially be. But the Milwaukee Bucks took a chance on him. They took him in the first round. They, you know, let him grow over three, four years. And then by the time I think he's in year eight now, he's not only a two-time MVP, a defensive player of the year, but now a finals MVP and an NBA champion. And I, I wanted to talk about this as well, not only just because it was the NBA championships, but just because it's a great American dream type story. Because first of all, wasn't the, the didn't the, the, the Bucks didn't they start off so bad that people thought the coach was going to be fired this season? Well, they and then, weren't. It wasn't that they were so bad. It's that for the last few years, they've been one of the best teams in their conference. And they, they were not one of the, they were like the three or four seed going in. So there were a lot of rumors in the playoffs that, if they didn't win at all, he was going to be fired. Right. There were actually uh, there were rumors that when the the Mavs coach who left uh, Rick Carlisle about a month or so ago, there were a lot of rumors that he was going to be the inevitable replacement. But you know, and the end, their coach Mike Budenholzer, he. He held on. He's now a champion. He gets to keep his job. There you go. See, that's uh, the good, uh, the work ethic of America. You got to get in amongst it. You got to win, and then you can uh, sustain a career. But Giannis specifically, so it came from Greece. I mean, here's another example of how America is the greatest country on earth. Americans listening to this, you think, oh, Greece is in Europe. It's not that far away. It can't be that fucking different to the States. And yet I was looking over the Twitter feed of Giannis when he first moved to a proper country, i.e. here. He posted, and he was what, about 23? I think he was like 18 now. Yeah, he was really young when he came over. So, because he's 25 now, right? Mm -hmm. He's about that. You're right. Yeah, so he would have been like, so he's he's lived, uh, you know, a good few, a good few years and when he first came his first uh, Twitter post when he was here in a proper country was he's having his first smoothie 18 years in fucking Europe it's like a third world country they you can't even get a smoothie in Greece they haven't even figured out how to blend fruit there yet you know what they probably have but probably every time he tried to get a smoothie in Greece it was between 2 and 6 in the afternoon when they were closed for their fucking siesta because <laughs> Europeans are so fucking lazy they closed down all businesses in the afternoon to have a sleep the best one was when he first discovered a corn dog for the first time I mean you haven't seen love in someone's eyes till you see that video i will say this as a bitter sports fan whose team didn't win the nba finals is you know in the end this year i'm happy for you but this year it's gonna have an asterisk by it along with this year for baseball and the last year for football and last year for hockey and the year before that because the shortened covid season it's not a normal season mm. so 
eh, let's do it when you have an 82 game regular season and then we'll give you some credit. Uh, one other thing on Giannis with, with the uh, the food is that uh, upon winning uh, the next day to celebrate his win, um, he went to Chick-fil-A. Right. That's, that's, so I don't know. That's the, the ultimate champion's meal. Well, I'm wondering if, um, you know, he's on a fitness uh, athlete regime, so he wasn't able to eat Chick-fil-A during the season, or if Chick-fil-A is part of his food odyssey. I mean, I, did, well, did no par- one tell him you can't go there on a Sunday? He kept going on a Sunday and uh, they weren't certain. He's like, oh my God, this is like trying to get a fucking smoothie between two and six in the afternoon in Greece. That was pretty shocking because even in the video, he's calling them McNuggets and is ordering like he's never been to a Chick-fil-A before. How do you go eight years in America and never go to a Chick-fil-A? That's a crime. Deport him. <laughs> I think you do it because you stay healthy, Jeremy. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. Chick-fil-A of the fast foods is definitely the most healthy. I guarantee you he's had McDonald's before. Maybe. Maybe. I was just very taken with that first post of his of, like, having a smoothie. I was like, oh, you discovered Jamba Juice. I'm so happy for you, you know? <laughs> you're just seeing... Now you're, you, you're like, looking down on him because you've had all these experiences. You've been in America for a long time. Like, oh, I remember my first smoothie. You, how dare you? I am not looking down on him. I am saying that as someone who comes from that third world Europe, that I feel he's pain. I feel he's pain. Let's go get a corn dog. <sighs> Fuck yeah. Can we go get it out of the cotton bowl so I can see if actually if the police escort doesn't happen for the Rolling Stones, I can I can actually walk it. Buddy, you are two months away from the Texas State Fair. You're about to have a lot of motherfucking oh, corn dogs. Is that, that's happening this year, that's isn't it? That's happening this year. You're you're finally going to get to experience what it's like to be a real Texan. The thing is with the, with the, when you go to the fairs, and we are going to finish this podcast any second now, is that what you basically what you're doing is you're eating every type of food that you would have normally, but normally you don't have any of it deep fried it's basically every food item that you're already familiar with but deep fried so you get it you're already pretty much yeah, a texan no, absolutely. now we just gotta get you a deep fried twinkie in ya <sighs> okay digiamerica.com is where you can go to if you want to talk to the show vote for song of the week you can also vote for song of the week on my twitter where i'm at ian camfield uh if you want to talk to us via instagram it's camfield off the radio uh also via the website not only can you vote for song of the week and leave us a message you can also buy one of our lovely t-shirts how lovely are they jeremy oh it feels so good on your nipples digiamerica.com for all that stuff did we america today hell yeah we did